welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about welcoming a new year while ignoring how similar our goals are to last year's. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. And today we'll be talking about looking forward and setting new goals for our tabletop game design in 2022. All right, so here we are. First episode yeah, of 2021. First episode of 2021. <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> doing it all again. We're doing it. Yep. No. We're this is the first episode decided of 2022. That we're going to uh to do the exact same topics in the exact same order. Uh and just see if mm. we've evolved. We're not going to discuss if we've evolved. Just the yeah, same and topics. I'm not going to re-listen to the old episodes. No, we don't just we're going to so look at the know. title. <laughs> and guess what we were talking about yeah yeah pretty much it's gonna be good it'll be great um anyway. so i was saying as i was saying before we started recording i don't know if this is content but at some point i should tell you about the fact that i ran pasión de las pasiones for the first time mm. uh we had we had two sessions we did one episode of a tv show okay it was incredible yes uh <laughs> it like it, it's it spiraled way out of control uh, at one point i threw all of my notes away and just ran with the with what was happening uh i made a character a pirate who wasn't supposed to be a pirate okay uh you know <laughs> these things that happen that's awesome i'm so glad that you got a chance to play it yeah, one of the players got uh one of the players rolled well enough that they convinced the eligible suitor. So there was like a lot of the plot revolved around this guy who in an earlier arc of the show, uh his fiance had been murdered. Okay. And so this was like the second arc of the of the of the telenovela. Yeah, yeah. And uh in a in a grand romantic gesture, one of the well uh, um la, um la convinced him or like convinced him to be with her instead and he confessed that he had actually paid someone to murder his fiance. Oh geez. Because he didn't want to be with her and he wanted to be with La Beleza. Um so there was a lot of crime involved. All of the characters were vaguely involved with a criminal element. So sounds like a fun time. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I do need to let you know um, it's La Belleza. The La Belleza. the LL it's like a Yama. It's yeah. A, I know that I say that all wrong all the time. You're all good. And no worries. I just I, try. I just had to say it because otherwise I knew that people would be like germs. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those words that even if I'm looking at it, I which is so weird because you wrong. pronounce your last name Moyoy. Yeah. So it's so weird that you. Didn't even think that. Yeah. Um. And there's what else was I going to say? Um, and I'm and I'm about to play in a campaign that our, our friend Elspeth is running. Uh, oh, nice! Passion as well. So I'm I'm doing a lot of passion. You're you're gonna be playing more passion than I am. Although I've I've actually got a uh, I've got a playtest session coming up. Uh, it's like a <laughs> I think I'm a, I had a moment that I'm like, am I allowed to talk about this? And of course I'm allowed to talk about this. There's no reason I wouldn't be able to. It's a internal magpie playtest to uh, mm. try out. Um, to basically like try out a couple of the playbooks together that we're not sure if they'll work well. Um, and like, we're not trying to do like uh, anything like super, super hellish. Like we know like the worst playbook, the worst table you can possibly do is La Superora, La Venganza and uh, El Gemelo. That just no one is who they say <laughs> yes. they are. Yeah. Like that's like the worst table you can possibly do. We're not doing that. We're, we're doing 
uh, La Usupadora and La Venganza, um, and seeing how they work together with the playset that has two separate times that you're hopping back and forth between. Mm, so, like, interesting. Yeah, like setting it on a hard mode, but not impossible, and seeing what happens with it. We had La Belleza, La Doña, El Caballero, and El Vivador. Nice, nice. In this group. Those... All of those should be able to function pretty well with everything else. Um, none of those should have any playbooks that they kind of butt up against uncomfortably. Um, there's a couple that have like slightly similar playbooks, um, but like that's intentional, you know. Like, uh, and the extended playbooks are the weirder ones. Uh, and Elvivador yeah. is kind of like Elvivador has kind of weird mechanics. Uh, but is a pretty like uh accessible standard playbook. Play- yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty it's standard a- playbook. It's a pretty accessible concept and everything like that. Yeah, in the other game that I'm gonna play, where I'm playing, I'm playing El Vivador. Nice. We also have La Venganza, El Caballero, La Empleada, and La Doña. Nice, nice. That sounds like it'll be a fun group. Yeah, that's we are we are uh, we are all people who work on a uh, uh, Southern Californian winery. Oh, nice! And, or like vineyard. And so my character of El Vivador is the uh, the guy who is responsible for making all the wine. He doesn't own the vineyard, but he makes the wine because he loves wine and wants to like share that good time with everyone. Amazing! I could see um, El Vivador and Loving Gonza really being an interesting combo together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's um, and in particular, so the the um, our friend Brian is playing Ladonia, um, and Perfect. so his character is the person who owns the the, the vineyard, like literally Me. owns the land, but she doesn't know how to make wine, and oh, so okay. I'm I'm the person who was brought in to make wine. Yeah, you've got this so. very nice property for making wine. You don't know how to make wine. You bring someone in. Yeah. Yeah. We don't like each other, though, so right off the bat, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I can't wait to hear I'm, about that yeah. one, too. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to tell you some more about that once once we play. We haven't played yet. Yeah. Uh, but it should be good. Excellent. Yeah, so that's, it's we. I've been, I have, I, I have, like, I was reflecting about this because I had not played Passion since, like. Since, like, a the, brunch the, in 2019. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one of the very earlier, much of earlier versions of it, and then I played one session, and then I jumped into running it, and now I'm playing again, and so, like, it's the game that I'm playing the most right now, and, uh, yeah, so it's been, it was pretty good, I had a pretty good time, and I'm excited to play more of it. I'm, I'm so excited for the full version to come out, it's just, <laughs> making a game is very stressful, <laughs> and having it, yeah. like, uh, I've had nothing but wonderful support for Magpie. It's been fantastic. I'd never would have been able to do this on my own. Uh, and they have processes that take time. Like I'm like yeah. in my head, I'm like, okay, the text is written. It's done. And then it's like, no, it needs to be edited. Someone needs to make sure these sentences work. <laughs> it needs to be put into layout. You can't just like toss it in a text file. And like, that is true. That is correct. It's going to be a beautiful, well-made, wonderful book. Uh, but it's just like my skills, my, like I, I only looked as far ahead as my skills could go. Mm. And so like, in my mind, I, I was like, like, here we are. Like, I'm basically done and that feels amazing. <laughs> and then it's like, and then there's these other steps to get done. 
which it's going through those yeah. steps. It's like, you know, it's working nicely through. Uh, yeah. But so if you if you haven't had a, a chance to play it, listeners, dear listeners, uh, it's out there. You can I mean, I, I, can people still get the quick start? They can get the the um, if they backed it on Patreon, they can they definitely have access to the quick start. Is there an is there on a way for them to get the quick start? Not on Patreon. Um, Sorry. Yes. Uh, I think that I think the quick start is just publicly available, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, I don't know if the updated one is. I know that you can go on Backerkit and like pre-order. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know if that gives access to the um to the new supplementary stuff. But well, the core, find but someone like the core playbooks know. and everything. Yeah, find someone you know who has who backed it on Kickstarter. If you didn't, and uh, and demand what uh, what is demand what, what you, you deserve. deserve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is to play the um, game. <laughs> I, I will say uh i had a lot of fun i grabbed uh, so when i ran it i grabbed the um the playset that's built into the quick start okay. but instead of doing it as a hotel we did it as a weekend it's like a cru- like a weekend cruise ship nice just like which people get on and go out and cruise yeah. for the weekend and come back and so i grabbed there's a there's a move for like the location that is uh whenever someone strikes out at you or demands what you deserve uh and you're near the pool you can mm-hmm. choose to throw them into the pool i love that but move. recontextualized as throw them off of the side off of the ship <laughs> uh was very fun and we had one moment where we considered the play the player considered doing it and didn't and i'm uh, like a little bit sad because yeah. it would have been so good uh, that is that is one of my favorite moves because it does like so little mechanically and so much from a storytelling perspective yeah yeah i think that great. that is a move that if you are near a pool in any game you should include it yeah yeah <laughs> i was i saw it and i was like this is not like we'll figure I'll figure out what happens if someone falls off the boat later <laughs> while the ship is still moving when it came up the the ship happened to be parked so it was a little bit better but uh, I was so excited amazing well I've been thrown off of a boat so oh yeah and I okay. survived yeah I was, was a, I was in a pretty school. large boat though yeah. you were probably thrown off of a smaller boat I was thrown off of a much smaller boat yeah 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 <laughs> but um yeah, so <laughs> what are we talking about today? What are we talking about? I we think sort of- so we're we're talking kind of we're getting back into it. We're reigniting game stuff. Um and uh I figured we'd do a little bit of review if we want to do review, but like re- looking backwards, I don't want to look backwards too much. I want to look forwards and so I kind of want to yeah, talk about I want to talk like, about what we have on the horizon, what's interesting us, what's cool, what's fun, all of that. Yeah. That's kind of yeah, where yeah. I am. Yeah. And I can hop in first or second, or we can bounce back and forth. Um, why don't I go first? Sure. And then we can talk about... I, so I have I have two things that I want to do. Okay. I have like two... I, I'm, I'm reluctant to call them goals. Get a new sweatshirt. Uh yes, get a new sweatshirt. We didn't. <laughs> I don't think we were recording. <laughs> we were recording. Okay, okay. Uh, but I need a new sweatshirt. Uh, that's unrelated to this. Uh, I'm gonna call them challenges. Okay. I have two challenges that I want to try to achieve. Uh, achievements that I need to unlock <laughs> for the new year. Um, two stages of of product production that I want to try to hit. Two agile scrums. Um, I know. And I want to talk about one and then let you talk about your stuff. And then I want to come back to my second one because I think it'll riff off of your stuff. Sounds Um, good. Assuming that you're going to talk about hex crawls because I want to talk about my thing after we talk about hex crawls. (laughs) Sounds good. Um, 
that that to be so clear, i mean obviously i mean i i will restate my prophetic vision but that was a prophetic yes. vision not a goal okay uh, yeah just okay, to be clear okay. all right well um so my really boring i have my so my first goal is pretty boring okay. which is just like a space between is so close it's been my goal for the last couple years i need to like i just need to like push through find the motivation to write again and get a final not a final draft but like a a first draft that is the final version of all of the like basically all the rules because i I have all of the mechanics essentially written i just need to write all of the structure around them and i want 2022 to be the year that i complete that okay and then like obviously like like we were just talking about like there will be editing there will be layout yeah. that has to happen yeah. um and i can figure all that out later but i want it to all be one document that is enough that i could hand to someone and say hey if you want to play the game here's what it looks like yeah play it and then maybe even release an early version of the game for people to play you yeah you can use the extremely slapdash brandon approach that is i can't keep on looking at this without it having an itch page uh, and put it <laughs> just put it online go it's, yeah. okay there's a part of it there's a version online <laughs> yeah i mean that's a little bit harder with the space between because there is the playing card component of it <gasps> so well, i guess i guess red crawl has some playing cards too but yeah. <laughs> um so yeah and, and people can figure it out maybe i'll figure out a way for people to play without it being playing cards but i'm i just feel like i'm so close and I just want to, I really am at a point where I want to be, <laughs> more than yeah. anything else, I want to be done with it. Yeah. To say that I've completed it. Um, I mean, I keep dabbling with thoughts about other stuff. You can really love a game and like really love something you're making and also be like, I'm ready for it to be done. Um, like, yeah. that is totally I, legit. I want to, I want to, it's, it's, it's not even that I, <laughs> it's that, it's not, God, this is such a weird emotion. It's not even that I want it to be done. Yeah. It's that I want to be done with it. I okay. want to no longer be working on it, but I don't want it to, I don't want to be working on it. I want, I don't, but I don't want to no longer be working on it in the context of I've given up on it. Okay. Yes. No, no. So I want it the, to be some <laughs> level of complete. I fully hear. And that's what I would talk about saying, like, you know, that, that, that feeling of I want to be done, you know, like, not like I want to not be doing it. Yeah. But I want to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have I have I have waffled back and forth on whether or not I want to be a game designer. Okay. <laughs> like That's also uh, totally legit. And but I but I think that I need to like this was always supposed to be <laughs> This was always supposed to be my like really quick and easy write a rules light game uh, that I can just sort of like run through the process of doing a very simple card and then you were like based cards. game and, the truth, and then when you make it a card game it's impossible like making it a card game adds so much yeah yeah and then my second step was going to be then move on to try to write a hack of or like not write a hack but write a game that uses a, an existing system okay like i want to write a blades in the dark game or yeah. Forge in the dark game and then and then once i've done sort of r- written the small indie game and then written a, maybe written a larger game based off of an existing engine then i'll have a better sense of like that's kind of the scope of of what i'm interested in game design yeah. world and so if once I've done those, if I didn't enjoy the process, then I'll stop. There, there is one or, third category of uh, yeah. making supplementary material for a game. Mm, yes. Uh, yes. Which, which is, is also. Which you're going to do in 2022. 
uh, yes. because all of your favorite game designers in 2022 are going to make a hex crawl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so my, ver- <laughs> my, my, my weird version of Forge in the Dark that I want to try to make yeah. might have, might have a hex crawl built into it. Awesome. Very cool. I'm totally down for that. I may be not using the right definition of Blades in the Dark, and I may not be using the right definition of Hexcrawl, but uh, I had a weird vision the other day, and I want to chase it a little bit. You know what? Uh, there was a time when people said you couldn't do statless PBTA. Yeah. There was a time that, like, you know, that if something didn't have six stats, no one knew how to play it. Sometimes you got to say, yeah. this That's is... now, actually, I think. Yeah, just still now. Still now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's. Uh, I think that uh, I'm very curious to hear Blades in the Dark plus hat, uh, Hexcrawl because I've, I I don't know Blades in the Dark super well, but I could see it being a functionally interesting thing. I just have a very um, – and this is where maybe we like – we've <laughs> there have been times where we've talked about like having guests on this show uh, and maybe – That sounds hard, James. I know. Maybe we, find – We can't decide what time we're recording 45 minutes ahead of time that's if true, we do it that true. way. Uh, <laughs> uh, we usually decide what we're talking about on the recording. <laughs> Um, but finding someone who knows Blades in the Dark really well, mm, mm. and then ta- maybe talking, p- picking their brain, uh, is something that I want to do. That could be fun. I'd be down for that uh, if they've got four. If they're available in forty five minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. With with very short notice, <laughs> we'll, say, we'll uh, send them the message Monday night. But yeah, <laughs> hey, uh, what are you doing in fifteen? John Harper. <laughs> I mean, does, okay, so does John it make Harper sense for me to just right? talk about my second, like, if it's feeling more and more like what maybe it makes sense like? for, like? for me to talk about my second thing, which is just, so I, before this I, can be a, this can be a little loose and conversational, like, yeah. you know, we're, we're kicking off 2021. One um, of the, so one of the things that I want to do, so my, this mission control game, which I, yes. uh, which is, again, I, I need to do a little bit of working to sort of pin down the scope. Um, okay. And, but one of the things that I've wanted to do is, uh, I have this vision. So like the way that a standard Forge in the Dark game works, and I've now, I've run Blades in the Dark a couple times recently, and I'm playing a Beam Saber game, which is a Forge in the Dark game. Um, yeah. And so typically the way that it works is you are a, a crew of some sort, and there is like a faction system where you have all of these factions who are other organizations like you that uh, have like a um, like a plus three to minus three, I think, uh, reputation sort of like how do they feel about you? Okay. And then if they get okay, yeah, yeah. And then in at least in Blades in the Dark, if their reputation gets negative enough, they like go to war with you, and it and it becomes like this big source of conflict, like a full turf war, yeah. Um, and so what I want to do is repurpose that entirely, um, okay. so that it's no longer representing organizations that you have a relationship with, and more that it is systems on the spaceship. That as you do, th- because because functionally, mechanically, the way that Forge in the Dark works is you do things and you make choices, and as a result of those choices, your reputation with the other factions goes up or down. Or you can do things okay. that cause those relationships to go up and down. And so one yeah. of the things that I want to do, is, and so my, this vision I have for how to make this work is that as you are doing, as the spaceship is going off to, as you are running through this, this, this mission, whatever it is that you're doing, um, you're you're adding or subtracting 
not it won't be reputation, but it'll be like status numbers for these different interconnected systems. Okay. And that will determine like if not that they've gone to war, but like is the ship broken? Okay. And That's so I, interesting. And so I think that one of the things that I want to do in 2022 is try to pin down what that looks like a little bit more and maybe okay. make like a um like a prototype of just that chunk of the rules because yeah. I think that the rest of the rules will flow out of that pretty naturally. But if that chunk okay. doesn't work, <laughs> then I don't know the whole game yeah. will work. Or at least it won't work in Blades in the, in, in the Forge in the Dark system. Right. And you also can take Forge in the Dark and pull it as far, far oh, afield I, as you need it to go, obviously. I fully plan to yeah. repurpose a whole lot of pieces of it. Uh, um, and like I think that testing really specific systems is a really interesting way to to approach stuff. Um, do you know Spencer at uh, Gila RPGs? I don't think so. So Spencer's great. Love his work. He wrote uh, Slayers and Drifters and Nova because because Spencer has written like some of the some of like the games that are getting to be huge suddenly among like a specific sphere of the indie design space. I've heard a lot of people talking about Lumen recently. Lumen is is so good. I'm really psyched about Lumen. Um. And, uh, so Spencer's one of those, like, uh, designers to go check out if you haven't done so. Um, and he's mm -hmm. on Twitch constantly, which is wonderful. Um, but he was, he's been doing, like, work specifically on, like, the faction turn for, uh, his game Nova. And, like, really, like, doing playtests that are just the faction turn. Doing design streams that are yeah. just the faction turn. And just, like, really digging in on that one specific thing. And I think that's really it's it's clearly been really effective because it's been it's been growing and improving dramatically. So, like, I'm all for that. Like, figure out the part of the part that has the tech that you want to mess with, and just mess with that. Forget everything else. Yeah, especially because like there are other things that are there are other pieces of tech that in in Forge in the Dark that I'm going to repurpose. Like, I I really want to repurpose. Um, the so forge in the dark and blades in the dark uh have like the flashback system where you declare oh, yeah, yeah. a flashback and you can do things in the past yeah. to set up things for now and what i want to repurpose that as is it's the uh, um i don't know i don't know what to call them other than breakout sessions but it's the it's the thing where the 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 thing in apollo 13 where the the uh the um the person the oh god where where he lays out all of the the things and says like yeah they dump yeah. The, all the scientists dump out all the stuff on the table and they're like okay well we've got to make a a filter based off of like and all they have is like four socks a piece of paper and and this cardboard the most like, iconic scene in that movie and and so the, it's not happening in the past it's happening real time but it's a but it's a it's a quick side little game narrative session I kind of so like that calling I think, it a breakout real, session. <laughs> But that'll just work. Like that'll I don't think work. that there's anything. Yeah. Like there's no there's something complicated. I'm I'm really just repurposing the temporal aspect of the flashback. Yeah. Like I think that will work just fine. Yeah, definitely. I'm not worried about that. But I do have some concerns that taking the whole faction mechanic and repurposing it as a spaceship <laughs> uh, might not work. So I don't know if the faction mechanic is it fact is it the faction mechanic or is it clocks. That are really well, kicking into gear in the... Because, like, the way you described it, if you hadn't mentioned factions, 
I would have thought you were describing clocks. So there are there. I mean, clock clocks in in Blades in the Dark are all like there's ephemeral ones in the moment, like the the clock until the yeah. guards discover you and stuff like that. But then there are long term clocks for like all the different goals that yeah. the factions have or the players have. Clocks are kind of everywhere in in Forge in the Dark. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm um, sorry. So I guess what I was saying was, um, if you had described um all of these different systems that are like going up and down and like. You you don't if they hit a certain system then they mm. level then they start to break down. Um, yeah. If you describe that to me without mentioning factions and then said which forged in the dark thing is this, I would have called out clocks immediately, which is maybe yes. not what you're going for. That's also totally good. But I so I think that that's I think that is where like prepping out a prototype for this is important. Okay, because. Because I think that is a, that is a very viable like doing all of the 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 systems as clocks is a very viable alternative. Uh, that if I need to fall back on something, yeah, that's like probably what it will do. Um, it wasn't what I was intending, but and having it having it be kind of connected to that factiony thing that has like the plus plus one plus two whatever also means you can set up mechanics that key off of those and use those almost yeah. as modifiers, which is kind of a fun thing. So. The reason why I wanted to do it as I'm trying to talk and stall while I look up the uh, the uh, the sheet that I'm looking for, but the reason why I wanted to do it as a as as a repurposing of this faction system, yeah, is because the the factions all like typically they have a relationship with each other. Okay, so. Um, in addition to just having a, a status with you, um, they have, they have like, um, other factions who are like, they're grouped into categories okay. like in blades in the dark. It's like, these are the factions that are members of the underworld. These are the institutions like the city council, the, 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 uh, the prison workers, the blue coats, the police, the consulates, like, and then there's like the trade labor unions. And so they're grouped into like that. And then each individual faction also ha- has a connection to other factions where it's like, this faction likes that faction or this faction oh, okay. is, has a negative relationship with that faction. And so there's a little bit of a web where yeah. if you then piss off one faction, you might also piss off some of the other factions that are favorable to them. Yeah. Um, and so that is sort of what I'm thinking about, where if the spaceship is this big system that has all of these interconnected pieces, if you break one piece, what other then pieces break? start to break down. Okay, cool. And so that's yeah. where I want I want like I want you to like make choices to sacrifice one system or reroute power or or have the astronauts try some specific thing and have it have like compounding outwards or, or spiraling yeah like spider webbing out uh ra- ramifications cool yeah that does sound like, like actions now and so that's where like i think where where i need to figure out how that will work and if that will work will come down to the can i come up with enough systems yeah uh, that this is a robust sort of faction list. That's interesting and, and everything. How do I how do I make that uh yeah, how do I make how how, how do I make it interesting? So it's not yeah. just a list because you want moves and other things to affect those different systems. Yeah. And how do I present those connections in a way that is easy to update? Yeah. Yeah. Or at least is and use. Or at least is like fun to use. Yeah. Because like 
part of part of a game can be a mini game of going like, okay, we need to trace this from this to this to this to this to this. Like that can be part of play, right? Yeah. If it's fun. And, <laughs> and to some extent also, is it um where is the time when that's happening? Yeah. Because yeah. like like you were talking about faction turns. Like I can like if I can have this be a very complicated system totally. if I say, hey, this is a faction turn thing yeah. that the GM is gonna do between sessions and then they can just go off and crunch math and like that will work. That's right. fine. But that it, doesn't like, sound like it's it a works lot harder to say do that quickly in the middle of a session. Yeah. Yeah. Is, it needs to be a snappy thing mm. where one system fails and then it cascades outwards. And that could cascade, that could use like a, there could be a system that does that, like an an Excel sheet mm-hmm. that does that, you know? Yeah. But anything that you add like that requires people loading their Excel sheet and requires setting yeah. up the different things and everything yeah, yeah. like that. So that's that's where like, I have to figure out what that prototype looks like. Yeah. And so I'm not gonna. I don't want. And I and and again, like because I'm living in a in a larger James's brain ecosystem of <laughs> my primary challenge is I want to get this final draft of a space between going. Yeah. I don't really want to work on it too much. Yeah. And so to say I want to start working on whatever this game is called, like I don't want to commit to that. Okay. Because I don't want my brain to start thinking about that. I want to focus on a space between. Mm-hmm. But to say I'm gonna focus on a space between and also this one little other prototype. Yeah. I think cool. is a manageable way to deal with my my plans and goals for 2022. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. I'm really psyched. I'm excited to see it. And excited to work yeah, with I'm, you on it at some point. Yeah, I I'm I'm and this is where like I'm I'm interested in working in a system that exists yeah. so that I don't have to do all of this like brain <laughs> lifting yeah. of figuring out how all these systems How do dice uh, work? How do like do yeah. I want like like it's it, the questions become more like will this existing game mechanic work for what I want yeah and less like is car are cards the right mechanic for what I want how mm-hmm. many decks do I want like I'm I'm asking sort of bigger existential questions yeah I had to for space between cool that sounds awesome it sounds like it sounds and it's also not bad to be at different points in different projects yeah because if you're because like. It can get to be a drag if you're like in the same place on every project because then you're, you know. Which is sort of where I've been on a space between. Okay. And so that's the other thing is if I, I'm, 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 I, the other, the other game I'm playing with myself is if I, so if I sort of tempt myself with here is this other little piece of a larger project, a second mm. project you could work on. If only you finished this other thing first. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> there's a goal there. Oh, that's great. A carrot and a stick. And if there's anything I can do to help out, like, I know we kind of have this podcast as like an accountability mm-hmm. thing, uh, but it, uh, but if there's anything else we can do to like check in with each other and set small yeah, goals and I, stuff like that, we could, I, we could set up agile I, meetings. <laughs> I do think that in, on this podcast, I want to, I've been reluctant to sort of do like a, uh, just an update every, every, every two weeks. Yeah. But I d- but I do think that maybe I want to do that more in 2022 cool. to hold myself a little more accountable because I'm not trying to push this super fast. Yeah. But just like quick check in on where I am. What did I work on? Yeah. Will be helpful to me. I'm, I'm starting to do that a little bit on. Um, I've, I've started to do that. I've done it one time now. With uh, with my mutant orchid account. Mm. Which mutant orchid is. um, If you are not aware, it's my new 
publishing house. It's uh it's <laughs> where I'm doing my it's where I'm doing my work that is uh rad crawl related. It's basically like stuff that I'm doing that isn't under contract with anybody else. Uh mm. and I don't anticipate getting super invested in like I don't think I'm going to be like publishing other people's games because I don't think I'm going to have the skills to do that. But having yeah. a thing that I can go like, these games are mutant orchid games, therefore you can expect X, Y, Z thing is I think helpful for me. Yeah, it's helpful. Yeah. As of, so to set expectations of, for yourself, for people potentially buying them, yeah, and playing it, them. And like, it means that I can go like, that I don't need to explain why Pasión de las Pasiones is not compatible with Radcrawl. Oh, uh, Mm, and that yeah. like i don't need to like navigate any weird like uh like copyright spaces or anything like that um not that there would be any issue obviously because i've got a very good relationship with my publisher but um it's very nice to be able to go like uh i am from step 1 to step end managing it um but i'm doing little i'm trying to do little weekly road road maps now where I go like, mm. these are the two goals that I have. Uh, I already broke my rule because I was going to have just two of each goal. Uh, two goals for like phone time, which is like whenever, like I'm on my phone or I'm on my computer, just like lazily working on something. And two goals for my computer time, which is like the layout time that I have, which is more yeah. limited and a little bit more difficult to to get. So I've got like my little weekly roadmap up on that mutant orchid thing. Oh, speaking of which, rad crawl dropped. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah. The, oh. It's the, the softest of soft drops because it's like it is barely playable. Um, and like <laughs> the entire itch page, like half the itch page is like, don't buy this game if you're going to be upset that it's not done. And the other half of it is description of what the actual game is. <laughs> um, but uh, I kind of hit the point that I was like. I am, uh, because I was feeling like I, I felt like I had to get it perfect to get it on itch. And that wasn't true. I probably could have gotten it further, but like the pressure of making it perfect was making it hard for me to work on it. Sometimes you just got to like punch through and get it out there. Yeah. So I'm just putting it up. It's available as like a super alpha thing. There's a whole bunch of community copies. Um, and, uh, it is, theoretically playable with uh with more content coming in on a weekly basis um but having i think having that little roadmap is helpful for me because sometimes i'll get time and i'll be like don't know what i'm actually supposed to be doing right now Mm. um so yeah and i figured out a new thing in an affinity that you can make text go from one text box to another which is like Mm. such an obvious feature of course that exists it doesn't make sense for it to not exist, but it is game changing. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I you don't have to manually move text anymore. Oh my God. I, I had, this is like a little embarrassing. Every, uh, so like the techniques, right? Like there is like a name and then like the move itself, basically every single one of those was two separate text boxes, one for the mm. name and one for the thing. So if I had a new text box that was like early in the alphabet, I had to move every single other box. Ooh, yeah. I mean, that feels like a 
that's a that is a mistake that I definitely would have also made because it's so that obvious feels that's like, not true. Like it's so obvious that that's not how people are laying out books. <laughs> right, but that but that feels like a design versus layout thing. Like I think yeah. you and I are both a little more familiar with like laying things out for visual design. Like mm-hmm. I've messed around a mm-hmm. lot with Affinity Designer, and you've done some Canva stuff. Yeah, and like that is that is a like that's that how kind of design layout. Works. Yeah, um, versus the the sort of more book layout publisher yeah. kind of layout. Um, but having that, having that, like having that, makes it so much easier to do stuff because now I can just like write stuff in like a Google Doc or a note, and then basically mm-hmm. just copy it over. And instead of taking me forty five minutes. To like move every single thing, it instead will take like copy paste. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is good. Which it is, is good. very good, very good. Um, because I'm trying to make new content of some kind every day, which is tough. But yeah, that's an aggressive schedule. My schedule. So, so what I'm trying to do, um, Chris Bissette, uh has something that that they've talked about that is um like the having a writing ritual that every day, uh. Uh, Chris is working now full time in in design, and I'm not, and so it's different. But uh, just having a time at the beginning of each day that you write, and it doesn't matter if what you write is good, it doesn't matter if what you write is usable, it doesn't matter if what you write is design specifically as you would want it to be, as long as you write something. Um, and uh, so I've got like a a prompt submission form for to help inform my writing ritual that basically I just go like, okay, it doesn't matter if it's, it doesn't matter what it is. Just if I, I look at the prompt and I go like, okay, what can I do with this prompt? And I do something with this prompt. Mm. Um, and it's been, that's been very nice. Um, and it's made some like, it's made some content that's like very on theme and some content that is extremely not on theme, and that's okay. Um, where are the, where are you getting the, where are the prompts coming from? I've got like a little form for submissions. Um, okay, so it's for for people like out there on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like also like you know, if I don't feel like checking the form thing, then I can hit a random hit a random like yeah. go on Wikipedia, hit random button, write something. Mm-hmm. All that matters is that I write something, right? Or if I have an idea that is bouncing around my head that I want to put down that I can do that. Um, and so like, I've started to conceptualize the rad crawl and how I'm releasing it in a different way. And like trying to keep things like hmm. super modular, even to like an, a greater extent. Um, and so like, I'm kind of starting to look at things in terms of like booster packs that like, okay. there will be a core game, right? Like eventually there's going to be a PDF that comes with a hundred cards that, has a whole bunch of techniques that does fantasy adventure in a post-dungeon fantasy world. Um, and is basically that. It'll have a it'll have some weirdness because it'll have my weirdness and my little obsessions. It's gonna have things that feel like really core to what is Radcrawl. Yeah. And then from there, I'm freeing myself up to make expansions in whatever format I want to make them in. Um and some of those will build into like bigger things. Some of those might be like a couple, couple things. Um, like, uh, uh, according, according to the survey result, it's, this was actually suggested by James Malloy. Um, 
But uh, I don't think that this was suggested by James Malloy because it's the official Jeff Stormer card. Um, and so, uh, so that is probably not going to be like a 250 page book. Uh, mm, yeah. Like, you know, like I'm, but I did sit down and come up with two cool techniques that are Jeff Stormer themed <laughs> and like, nice. they're fun. One of them gets you stuff from your future self. And one of them lets ah. you toss it back to your past self. And like they're they oh, they're really so fun. They're they're really good techniques. Um and I might just keep them as Jeff Stormer techniques and put them up somewhere. I might reper like rename them at some point into something that feels more thematic. Uh but what's important is that I wrote something and that it's a new thing that you could theoretically do. Versus yeah. like uh Spencer suggested crows, because Spencer's obsessed with crows. Uh and I'm now like, okay, uh, the uh, crows, crows I know, went through, I was starting to write some stuff, and I was like, you know what, this feels like a whole booster. This feels like a whole thing. And so now there's going to be like murder at the rad crawl arena that gives you a bunch <laughs> of techniques, gives you some cards, it might give you a whole crawl. And just like having space for things to grow at the rate that they're going to grow is wonderful. Because I've... yeah. I've kind of more or less decided that I'm not trying to be a full-time game designer. And like, I've known that for a while, but like just go having the thought of like, just like making the decision of like, that is not my goal. My goal is to put out fun content and play with the fun content. Uh, and like get paid for my time because I do good stuff. Uh, but like that lowers the, the stakes so much. Yeah. Uh, Although I will say, that sounds like you're being a game designer. I mean, yes, but like, like, like if your goal is to casually design <laughs> games and put them out there for sale and then play fun things, like that's being a game designer. Like my yeah. when I say that I don't want to be a game designer, I literally mean I you haven't worked on space games. between. <laughs> I have not touched it in months. Uh, I don't design games. <laughs> so like, yeah, and you're, like, and you're like, I don't want to be a game designer, but I am going to get up every morning and. <laughs> Before I do anything I'm else, gonna in rise day, and grind I'm going to design two things. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just designing one thing a day. Um, each week I have a roadmap that it's two things and two things. Okay. Yeah. Ah, I agree. But still, but still, one thing a day is one more thing every day than I've done <laughs> design wise. But th so. that's because what you are doing is like is a thing that you can't just that. I mean, from outside perspective, that you can't just yeah. grab one tiny thing and do something. You know, like. One of my one of my writing ritual days is I came up with the concept of blot bolds, which are smaller than kobolds. They're related to them in the same way kobolds are related to dragons, and they vomit ink. <laughs> and that was my whole writing ritual, was just, this is a concept. And so I wrote down, like, the word, like, blot bold. And it's a good word. It's a good word. It, it's got, like, a wonderfully horrible mouth sound. Um, yeah, and so I'm gonna do something with that. It's, it's gonna it's be rad. Frankly, who knows? It's got, a, it's got a very bad tabletop mouthfeel. It's got a horrible tabletop mouthfeel, and that's part of what's great about it. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I I googled Blotbold, and the only result was the Brandon Leon Gambetta yes, Twitter account. That's so funny. That's good. No I'm glad to hear that because I didn't even think to Google it. Uh, yeah, Google says it looks like there aren't a many great matches for your search, <laughs> except this there one are guy. No good matches. 
that there's there's one match for this for this search and it's not a good one wait i'm sorry you said of course you can be a blot bold blood sorcerer of course yeah. you can equip a blot bold as a ranged weapon absolutely <laughs> i didn't write those yet but like definitely yeah. i'm going to and so i just stuck it onto my like I, I put it in as though i put it in myself as a prompt <laughs> so that when i randomly <laughs> generate on the prompt table It'll come up and I'll go like, okay, time to write blood bold stuff. Um, hmm. but, yeah, that's interesting. But like, like but just by, like by going to that level of modularity, it's making it really easy for me to produce things and to produce things I'm excited for. Um, and with Radcrawl being so modular, I'm able to have like this weird thing that like, the next version that I upload of it is going to have the Jeff Stormer moves. And it's going to say like, yeah, these, it's going to be like, you know, these are the Jeff Stormer booster pack. And it will include like a little paragraph that says like, uh, in all likelihood, these moves will be renamed at some point or be moved to a different source. And when I eventually have like a whole library of techniques and I make like the core set, then stuff that's in it right now might not be in it anymore because mm. they'll be moved to where they actually belong. If that makes sense. Well, yeah. When, and once, or once you've written a whole suite of Jeff Stormer techniques, it might be a whole Jeff Stormer. Stormer crawl. Pack. Yeah. Stormer <laughs> crawl. More people should put Jeff Stormer in their game. Yeah. Honestly. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, I also need, I still need to do the chase the hollow moves that because i i promised that any mutant orchid uh publication would include rad crawl stuff of some kind even if it's just like a one technique or something so i think what we're saying is in the year 2022 the year of too many twos yeah if you are writing a game Put a hex crawl in it, and also Jeff Stormer. <laughs> yeah, well, so okay, so let's talk briefly about that because uh, uh, hex crawls, not Jeff Stormer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. do you mean by hex crawls? So, um, I had a prophetic vision, uh, by which I mean I have been paying attention to the tabletop sphere for quite a while, and I am starting to learn some ideas of like what trends are going on and what trends aren't. And so, I mostly as a joke tweeted in 2022 all of your favorite game designers are going to make hex crawls uh and i got an overwhelming number of people that have never made a hex crawl messaging me to let me know that they are making a hex crawl or like responding to me and going like i have a folder on my <laughs> google drive right now that has like three quarters of a hex crawl um and i think that that's just i think that you can see these trends coming right and there is, in the indie sphere, we're hitting, like, this point of nostalgia for, like, 4th edition. And that 4th edition nostalgia is starting to create, like, some skirmishy games. Uh, Radcrawl is a great example of that. But, like, there's, like, the yeah. other post-dungeon fantasy games are also playing on that, like, hey, remember when we really liked D&D? Um, what's another way we can approach it? Um and so, like, when you look at uh, uh, Just Drop Today, DungeonDelvers.tv, or you look at, like, 
uh, high magic, uh, high magic low lives. These are games that like that are coming out because designers are thinking about how can we restructure D and D into ways that we are happy to be playing them. And in a lot of ways, a hex crawl is a perfect thing for that because you go like, hey, there's a bunch of monsters and maybe bandits and like uh, dangerous situations that are that can be constructed in any kind of way. Like it doesn't need to be like this is this is the uh, army that is all <laughs> this is the, this army of orcs that is threatening the land. Like no, it can be whatever you want it to be, and it can be just filled with bizarre fantastical stuff and so i think that that's just like i was like this is gonna capture the imagination and apparently it already has so (laughs) because there's a bunch of people making stuff it's very cool to see that the best kind of prediction is one that is objectively already true it's great yeah (laughs) because like it is also funny because i did know i did know like one or two people that were already working on hex crawls um but they were people that i was like these people have a good pulse on like, you know, what's going on in the scene. Uh, they're probably making something that's going to be pretty profitable and pretty interesting. <laughs> and I think, I think they are. <laughs> it's an interesting prediction too, because of does- the way that you phrased it as all of your favorite game designers are going to be producing mm-hmm. them. And so it either implies that more of the people who are already your favorites will be making hex crawls yeah. or that you will stop liking the people who aren't <laughs> making hex crawls. <laughs> And and as a social media influencer myself, uh, yeah. it is encouraging people to make hex crawls in order to be your favorite game designer and encouraging mm-hmm. the people that are already your favorites to say like, oh, wait, I got to hold my status. <laughs> I mean, my immediate reaction was to, to tweet at you and say, hey, I bet I could put a hex crawl in this thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I had several people that were like, hey, I've never made a hex crawl, but now that you mention it. <laughs> Yeah, I I just looked up hex crawl for the first time. I've never even <laughs> heard of one of these things. I'm gonna make one in 2022, and I'm like, I know I love your work. <laughs> of course, you're going to. <laughs> you're one of my favorite game designers. You're one of my favorite game designers. Will do it, of course. Uh, and then my my pitch black eyes rolled back in my head, and feathers were yeah. spurting out all over the place, just like always happens when I have my prophecies. You know. So yeah, yeah. So, so you're I gonna make a hex crawl. <laughs> I, so there, I think, so what I kind of had said was, uh, and this is the thing that I did want to loop back around to, is that I do think that this Mission Control game has a, I the thing that I have been looking for, so I like, I have not been working on this game, but yeah. I do have an, an, a lot of notes. I have a lot of random disconnected notes, um, mostly in the form of quotes from people in books that I've read or movies about uh, like the space program. Yeah. Um, and, and so you put down the, the quote, things... all of your favorite game designers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one of the things that I had been struggling with a little bit is like, I really want the players to be playing people in mission control okay. and not the astronauts. Okay. Cause there's, there's other games out there where to you be play astronauts. astronauts. Yeah. Um, and so then how do you visualize like what's going on out mm, there? Yeah and and keep track of it and like i love um a thing that i both try to to emulate in my professional life and my my uh 
my game design life is I love the big, like all of the scenes of Mission Control at NASA where they have the big TVs that have the like the indicators of where things are. And yeah. so I thought like, what if you could do that with a hex crawl, like a series okay. of hexes and each hex has either represents like a fate instead of representing a room, it represents like a phase of the mission. Okay. And then instead of having, because, th- because this is the piece of this is like, how do you, instead of having, so it's, it's, it's forged in the dark, but instead of having heists, you're having space missions that you're running. Yeah. And then like, how do you represent that? Like, yeah. Uh, how do you keep track of what's happening in a way that makes sense? How do you plan missions? And so I kind of like the idea that maybe it could be, uh, like a series of hexes that are themselves clocks okay. or have other aspects within them. Yeah. The, like, this is all, the, the second piece of this is like, well, I have no idea what this game gameplay <laughs> looks like or if it's fun. And so I need yeah. to like figure that out. Um, and that's a different, it's <laughs> a different problem. Um, but I think that having a, like a, like, cause I like the idea that you can see visually, um, so, like, if you're laying out an adventure for this as yeah. the GM, you maybe plan out like your hexes um, in in a sort of uh, dungeony looking layout, and maybe you display all of them to the uh, to the players if it's all really obvious what you're doing. Okay. Or maybe there are like hidden branches that ha- that go off in different directions that you only discover once you get there. Yeah. Um, and so w- w- I like the idea of like some of the map being revealed, some of the map. Like only getting there when you get there, maybe under certain circumstances. Um, maybe you go back to the same map if you're like if you're doing repeated missions back to the moon. Maybe you follow the same hex chart a couple times. Maybe there's like an established dungeon map, basically. Have but then what you're doing in each of them, I don't know yet. Okay. Have you seen point crawls? I don't think so. So a point crawl, it's it. Um, basically, what it does is it. Uh, it pulls back a little bit from like being actual geography and instead makes it almost like a flow chart. Mm, and so like yeah. you're moving along the same kind of, you're moving along in the exact same way you do a hex crawl that like you move from one to the next and one to the next and you can't, you have to go through X place to go to the other place. Um, But that might be a really, that might be a fun way to, to take that kind of setup. Yeah. No, like there are you can do bizarre stuff with these kind of things. Like you can there Googled. I'm seeing some interesting <laughs> some interesting uh results here. Yeah, it's it tends to be sometimes it's a little bit less uh huh. less pretty than hex crawls. If you look up hex crawl, you find like a bunch of gorgeous, beautiful pieces of art. And if you look up point crawl, you find like scrabbled uh little dots um hmm. but uh yeah. but it's another way to to approach stuff that like that I think uh if you don't want to do like the fully connected hexes you can you can do it like that although hexes also yeah. feel space agey yeah yeah so you yeah. could combine those yeah, two I'm definitely things. not imagining like most hex maps look like they are square maps that are broken yeah. up by hexes and I'm definitely that's not imagining, what you're imagining I don't think right? I'm not imagining a full map I'm imagining like a path of hexes yeah like points that are not filled in fourth edition points of light style stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you this nostalgia um, 
I, I am I, another piece of this game that I that is why I'm excited to lean into it is that I do want to do this game as a way of letting myself uh, uh, rely, experiment with the things that I am otherwise nerdy about, like spreadsheets and flowcharts and and all that stuff. So I I almost launched into a. Uh, I'm still. I'm gonna make it at some point, but I've realized that it can't be right now because I need to finish, make progress on Ragcrawl. I've started working on a. I've started like outlining the spreadsheet that will make a monster raising game that's compatible with with Ragcrawl. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> lets you uh, uh like farm monsters, like raise monsters, and then go battle with them. Uh, so I fully understand, and th- that is just all spreadsheets, like nothing but Excel. <laughs> I could not imagine playing this game in anything other than Excel, because I felt <laughs> like you... goofing around with Excel. <laughs> so I think that maybe we've we've hit the end of this episode so. time wise, but I want to leave you with this one thought of of what if you could connect? Sorry, I went from monster hunt, monster ranching yeah. stuff to raising pokemon to there's the mechanic in pokemon where you like hatch an egg and then you have to like walk around and get a certain number of steps what if you made it as like a fitness game where you had to like had to log a certain number of real world steps to to, to hunt a monster dude as a solo uh a solo rpg well like a journaling rpg well my my solo f- uh flex crawl uh keep on the swolder lands is still <laughs> is still in development Okay. Um, I've, I've made some pretty big, pretty big, uh, gains in, uh, in how I'm going to make that. Uh, I'm act- actually, I, I honestly, th- that is closer to reality than I ever thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, and it's going to have you like moving around your map and doing different exercises to go through different hexes. It's going to be good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. I'm excited for Keep so. on the Swolderlands. I don't know what I'm going to have, when it's going to fit into my production schedule, but. <laughs> well, I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. You know what I need to do? I need to make it little bite-sized stuff, just like I've been doing. Yeah. Instead of saying, like, I need to write this game at some point, say, like, one of my layout times is write the basic rules of the game, which are, like, to move from one hex to another, do the muscle group that is within that hex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you said that that is not something that I that that you thought that I could do with a space between, but it really is kind of what I've done. I have done to the best of my ability broken yeah. things up into small chunks. That's true. So that I can work on them individually. I just meant in terms of like like when I sit down to do one of these techniques, sometimes my writing ritual takes me two minutes. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. And I think that also what you're doing is like it, it doesn't you're not limiting yourself even to the one like game. Yeah, whatever happens. Can be. Whatever comes yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if you are out there listening and you are working on a hex crawl game, or you are want to talk no, to us no, about your are. your goals, of course you are. <laughs> they are. You are all our favorite game designers. Um, so tweet at us. Uh, where together we are at stop hack and roll, or individually I am at end the meltdowns. That ended up so much sweeter than I thought it was going to be. I was just goofing around. <laughs> I was like my prophetic vision, and you turned that into like a really really sweet yeah. moment. That was nice. Yeah, and what's your Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter handle is at Gambetta, uh, or you can check out at Mutant Orchid for just uh, just Mutant Orchid Rad stuff. Crawl stuff. Yeah. 
You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, or at www.stophackandroll.com. We make this podcast with the support of our Patreon backers. We'd like to welcome uh, new backers like Jens Brower, as well as thank some of our existing backers. People. Yes, you're all people, (laughs) as well as backers. Your backer status does not negate your people status. Uh, People (laughs) like Chris Wittich, Larry Asmuth, Magpie Miratest, Rogue Schindler, Anthony Thibot, Refined Ursine, August, Aaron Olson, and John Collinger. If you'd like to support uh, help support the show and all of our future shows, then check us out at patreon.com slash stop hack and roll. If you can't support us financially, consider supporting our community by becoming a part of it. Come join tell us about the games you're working on, the hex crawl that you're working on at our Discord at tinyurl.com slash SHR Discord or Discord.stopackandroll.com. So as you're sitting down for your writing exercise of flexing until you have huge gains on your spaceship full of ice, don't forget to stop, hack, and roll. I tied it all together. I did all the things we talked about. I wasn't expecting muscle spaceships. It's a muscle spaceship full of ice. Because you gotta have the ice to, like, cool down your muscles. Yeah, yeah. From all the the flexing. From all the gains. From all the gains. (laughs) Don't forget to stop, hack, and roll. (laughs) 